Stieber a 16-oson belül, lövés, gól! Gól! Eldölt a mérkőzés! Hi guys and welcome to another episode of the Hungarian Football Podcast and this week joining us as always we have co-editor of HungarianFootball.com Chris Barrett. Hi Chris. Hello Gary. And the founder of HungarianFootball.com and journalist Thomas Mortimer. Hello Gabby. Hi Tom and joining us this week a special guest is Aaron Aranyoshi. Aaron is, uh, he's got his finger on the pulse basically with all the transfers that go on in Hungary, all the ins and outs, all the rumours, uh, and also lots of other stuff to do with uh, MB1 and MB2. So uh be a great show for you guys tonight. Um, we started the last episode off with Debrecen, their demise and fallout of the uh, Hungarian First Division. And they're in the news again uh, this week, or last week rather. Um, Gabor Sima, the owner, has left the club and it has now been taken over by the city of Debrecen, uh, by all accounts. Aaron, first off, what do you know about the background of this? How's this going to work out for, for the... Uh, giants of uh, eastern hungary so obviously i'm i'm not from debrecen and i don't have a lot of connections to it so uh, i i can't give you uh, 100% accurate backgrounds uh, details summary um, but what i've seen is that some uh, changes in law made uh, sima a lot of um, Basically, his uh, his income was cut uh, a lot, and that created a situation where he couldn't spend as much money as he originally wanted, and that could be an arguable point whether it took part of the demise or not, because obviously you need money to invest in into the team, and there's also um, I I read about this a couple of times that uh, people from from the Debrecen um, Football Academy and, and in general in Debrecen, they, they tend to close up a little bit. So it's hard to fit into that uh, group of people as an outsider. So that kind of backfired a little bit. And also, well, in retrospect, it's easy to say Vitalki was not a good appointment, but he wanted something that his, uh, his squad was not accustomed to basically the high-press football. Um, and when they got Kondash back, who was more... He evaluated his players better. Well, he had history with them, so he knew them well. Um, he he created a, a tactic that was working with, that, with them, but it was too, late, too little too late, I guess. So I, I would say these are the elements that fit together to have this situation where, sadly... I, I think no one is particularly happy with them going down. Yeah, it's um, it's it's, it's a huge fall from grace, if, as uh, we've discussed on on previous shows. Um, Tom, they've announced that the budget for next season will be around one billion uh, foreign for for the football inside of things, uh, and that they're looking to get crowds of around five to six thousand in in the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know it's laughable. Um, now that Seema's gone, 
do you think this will put more fans back in the stadium? Or, I mean, when some of the teams that they're going to play in that second division, it's it's going to be awful crowds and atmosphere, surely. Yeah, I think I think you're right that in the fact that um, that some fans will will go, I guess, because Seema's uh, Seema's no longer there. But they've not always hated Seema, um, and they've. I mean, when was the last time they had crowds of five or six thousand? I, I, I don't I don't know that answer, but um, it's not like they've just been at three thousand um, last season and the season before. They've been like. I think they don't think they've averaged more than four thousand since since the stadium was built. Um, obviously, they haven't won a title in that time, but um, it well, it's it's ambitious. I guess you um, everyone talks about stretch target um, stretch targets these days, and it's definitely a stretch target. Um, yeah, I mean, if they start off with a couple of losses, um, you've seen how difficult someone like Voshosh with a with a strong team have found it down there. I mean. They came back, uh, roaring back in this winter season, um, in this spring season, sorry. Um, but they've been down there a couple of years now and they struggled the season before last. Um, so, yeah, if they start off really bad, they might be seeing crowds of about 1,000 by mm. by October, November, um, when when it, when it the uh, weather gets a bit colder. Unless they're just going to be giving them away, I don't know. Um, but... Yeah, you never know. If 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 maybe they start really well, um, I think they say in like ninety nine percent chance that Condash will be there next next season, um, uh, and yeah, they bring in a couple of interesting signings. Obviously, they can only play Hungarians in there, but um, I mean, you never know. But I can't see them be get getting that what they, what they've um, what they're predicting there. I think that's fanciful. Mm. And Chris, um, as Tom mentioned there, Kondas uh, looking like he's likely to stay and lead the uh, lead the team. Um, Daniel Toje has taken up a director of football role with the club. Is it time for those guys to play the loan market, um, get players from the first division down to try and get them out? Or is it um, possibly a chance to reboot the club start bringing youth in, maybe not look at promotion this season, but build on it, pretty much like MT Carr kind of do, that that sort of style? Yeah, I think that um, they, they just really need to take a, um, a good hard look at what they want to achieve, you know, talk about goals and, you know, th- they'll know the, the temperature of the culture there at the club, hopefully, and decide on, is this team g- going to be okay with being patient I, I guess I, I don't have a sense or a feeling that um, that this club really wants to be patient. I think they feel like they probably shouldn't have gone down this season. They feel like maybe with a little better leadership and maybe maybe even a little better performance from some of their players, they could have stayed up. Um, so, you know, it doesn't doesn't feel like a club that maybe feels like they should be down there. So going the the, the patient route of developing the the young kids, giving them the chance and all that. Uh, may may backfire. I, I don't know. You know, um, I do think that you, you're going to need to be a little more aggressive in terms of um, maybe going out and finding a couple of impact players as best you can for NB2 and try to go the MTK route because, uh, you know, if, if you look over your shoulder come October, November, um, and you're, you know, 12 points off the pace, uh, it could be a long, long road back. 
Mm, absolutely. And uh, Debretsen at the moment seem to be the new Zello Egerzik of the podcast. We can't stop mentioning them. So <laughs> hopefully uh, that will continue. But talking of Zello Egerzik, um today, Aaron, it was, uh, we kind of knew there was rumours flying about the last few days. Um, Carrillo has left Videoton as manager um, and the favourite to take over is uh, Gabor Martin, obviously the Zalai um the, the manager. We're waiting on confirmation of that. Um, it, it should be decided today. We might even get the information while we're recording this. What do you think of that move, Aaron? Mm, I think we can handle the situation uh, almost certain. Um, Zalaegerszeg made it like it was not a secret that it depends on Fehérvár whether uh, Martin will move or not. Um, they gave interviews a few times and they very deliberately said we are waiting for Fehérvár and Martin to figure out what they want. So if there was an intent to keep it a secret, it went away immediately. Um, Personally, I like him a lot. He comes off as a down-to-earth, um, chill guy. I, I don't know how to how else to describe him. Uh, in, in interviews, at least, uh, he, he was rather passionate a couple of times at the sideline. Um, he's been actually around for... I, I don't want to say anything inaccurate, but I think I read about 11 years of experience he has. Um, and he was a he was a found from um, Shalloway, who is the sporting director at the club. Um, I think I think he made a fantastic job. Uh, he did a fantastic job. Sorry, uh, at Zalaegerszeg, they were not only really good after the break, but they also played um, attractive football, in my opinion. It. It will be interesting to see him at Fehervar because he obviously has a lot more options and choices there in terms of um, transfers, in, in terms of um, play style, in terms of um, squad depth. So I, I'm, I'm always... Um, I want Hungarian coaches to do well. So I'm a little bit afraid it could be too big of a jump. We, we could see talented Hungarian coaches have this sort of giant jump and then not failing, that would be too hard to say, but like not meeting the expectations there. And from that on, they, they, they kind of get into this stigma of, oh, he's the guy who flopped at the big team and he was kind of all right with the smaller team. Okay. Now we know he, he's, he's only capable of that caliber of a club, um, which is not fair and, and not good. And I don't say that this will be what happens to Martin. We just have to wait and see. Uh, I can see him um, thrive under pressure there because he, he kind of sounds like that kind of a person who's interested in, in, in that. Uh, but it could go either way, in my opinion. So we just have to sit back, relax, and see where it's going. Yeah, as you, as you mentioned, um, Tom, it's it's a really bizarre situation. Um, had it not been for the outbreak of coronavirus, um, he could have possibly been sacked as coach as Zalaegerzeg. Such was there, you know, obviously being in the relegation zone. 
before it um, restarted. And Carrillo, I mean, what do the do the guys expect from Carrillo? Um, second place in uh, in the league, um, you know, chance to complete in Europe. Surely this has to be Vidi's goal because Friday are just so far ahead of the rest of the pack. It's a bit of a strange move. I mean, 2011, he first came to Hungary when he was assistant to Paolo Souza. The rest is history is what he's done with that club. What do you think is the, the thought process behind it? Because it's just really bizarre to me. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Vidi, uh, uh, down the past 10 years, have chopped and changed managers at the drop of a hat. Um, and I think, personally, personally, they had a gem in Marco Nikolic. And I think, to be honest, he was underrated by the league and, and probably their fans as well. I don't think the fans really massively took to him for some reason. Um, but I thought he did an absolutely amazing job there. And I think their drop-off is actually to do with the fact that they've no longer got such a talented manager um, in charge. And not not to do with the fact that Carrillo's done a bad job because I don't think he particularly has. And taking over a team halfway through a season um, is never easy. Um, and especially when you've got a team in there that is, is so much inferior to, to Ferenc Farris, who are just, as we've spoken about time and time again, are just an amazing squad, amazing team. One of the best that, that Hungary's seen in the last 30 years. So, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's a strange one not to give Korea more time. I mean, I think the board is so temperamental. They fall out with anyone. They fell out with, I think, I mean, rumour has, has it that they fell out with Carrillo before. They fell out with Nikolic. Um, and, yeah, they've gone for um, a inexperienced Hungarian manager, which is um, very much against type. Uh, they've, not, they've not done this, um, well, for, for since they've been good again, I guess, or good um so yeah it's going to be interesting to see how it pounds out but i just don't i just don't know i mean he could do a really good job there but i just don't think he'll give him be given enough time I th- I, they don't they, they barely give enough time to the good managers so this geezer who who's coming in from the lower leagues with like your page your kaposh for sheer fuck um and and now obviously doing well in ZTE for albeit six months. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange one. Um, I like, I like Aaron says, I like how they've done it. It's good for young Hungarian managers to, um, to be given these big, big jobs. Um, well, he's not really young, but it's a, it's a Hungarian manager and I guess quite inexperienced, but, um, yeah, I uh, I just I, don't, I can't see it panning out to be honest. If Vidi starts slowly, um, and he could be gone ten, in ten games. I'm genuine, like genuinely could be. He, I, I'd be I'd be impressed if he lasts the season. Yeah, and you know, on other shows we've talked about how, uh, despite being second in the table, that Vidi's season was just so. It was forgettable. It was, you know, it was kind of boring football. It wasn't great. Um, you know, if he can play that football that he's been able to do with with Zalaegerzeg, exciting. Like I say, we, we all agreed that they were probably one of the best teams to watch Barfradi um, playing attacking football. So, 
let's let's hope that that kind of you know translates over to and and the fans will be happy, the board will be happy, and you know let's hope it works out for them. Um, Aaron, he's only got sorry, he's only got a month though to to kind of install yeah. his style on the squad, and if they don't start well and they go out of Europe early, I tell you, he could be in trouble. Yeah, and you know he's got to replace Uhas and um, Vinicius, that are two great big, you know, enormous players for for that club as well. So really got to hit the ground um, <laughs> running, as you say. It's going to be a baptism of fire. Um, Aaron, more more uh, management movements in the capital this time with uh, Pisson, who took the helm at, at uh, Honved to steady the ship, um, managed to win the cup. But Kishvada's coach, Tamas Bodog, has taken over the job full-time. Um, a good move, I think. He's done He's done great stuff at Kishvada. And hopefully, another team that play awful football, Honved, will now start playing um, exciting football again. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit weird in a, in a way because, first of all, Pichont is, this is a club legend. Like, everybody loved him. Uh, and loves him, and um, it's always a nice feeling as a fan when uh, a, a former player you you used to look up to is taking over. And they always said it's an interim job, so there there was always uh, this thought behind everything, like okay, but will he stay for good? Is it just until the end of the season? What's going to happen? And you could make the argument that he was successful because they lifted the cup and in the end which uh, i think is a a huge victory for homeville because uh, even the table showed us that they were not competing for the third place which would mean european football so i think uh sure the football did not look pretty by any means um but in the end of the day he he kind of did what he was asked to. And I would love to know what was um, the deal exactly with him. Like, what would he need to achieve more to have a, a, a job for good? Um, but I do believe that Bodog is a much more... Um, a more experienced, uh, more, more um, professional study behind him, I would say. Um, not no disrespect to Pichon, but I I just feel like they now have a complete manager and not just someone who is more of a. I felt like he's he's sort of acting on his instincts, um, Pichon, mm. and I feel like Bodog does have a system and an idea in his head, which on the long term will will play out better for them. So I don't think it's a it's a bad move for everybody involved i'm just wondering if if uh, bichons did not deserve a full season after that yeah and we i really i really like him i think um you know when sanino went um we needed that guy who who really understood the club and you could see from his passion on the sidelines how involved he was um, which is brilliant. The fans love to see it. The players love to see it. But that doesn't necessarily transform the team into into a you know a, a football winning team. His record wasn't fantastic after joining. Um, but like whether that was because uh, winning the cup gave us the European place, it meant they could take the foot off the gas. 
So another one that we need to uh, we need to wait and see. Um, Aaron, transfers that have been happening. Um, it, it seemed like the first of July, or it, I, I can't think what day. Either the first or there was one day last week where it just went crazy. It was as if the doors opened on every football club, and uh, and all the players started um, <laughs> started moving clubs. Can you give us a little roundup of um, of what's been happening? Well, basically, I just I'm just thinking about how to phrase this without sounding terrible. But the the main reason is Hungarian clubs do not want to spend, if it's possible, do not want to spend at all. So the way it goes, oftentimes, is checking whose contract is about to end, and they leech on those people. And uh, that's kind of what happened here because there is a massive rebuild at different clubs for the different for different reasons. Um, but for whatever reason, now we have multiple clubs just r- mass releasing people and uh, needing change. Um, for example, Lupes announced a couple of players leaving. Homewood announced a couple of players leaving. And obviously, when um, when uh, a player feels like he is not needed, he is going to start negotiating with teams. So I, th- I think it's just the fact that so many people had so much time to think about the future throughout the break due to coronavirus. It was a more fleshed out start of a new season on the 1st of July. Like the moment contracts were... Uh, running out they could announce what was basically decided maybe months ago uh but for sure weeks weeks before it was actually announced like every team prepared their announcement beforehand they just had to push the button and there was the news so that's that's what happened i was i expected a crazy day but not a day like that that was a little bit intense uh, I had a rough time keeping up with all the information and news. I, I knew some of it beforehand, heard this and that from a, a couple of sources, but I always like to wait it out a little bit because you never know with rumors, obviously. Other than Chuck Fosh, uh, Chuck Foshy and my uh, Kenny Otigba story, <laughs> um, Tom, we're, we're still waiting for that to be official, though. Well, he's, you know, he's a free agent now. He's good to talk to clubs. Tom, his stock, especially how in seem how he's performed over the end of the season for Friday, his stock's risen massively, hasn't it? Um, where do you think's next for him? Uh, Honved, obviously, interested in player. Do you think a, a move abroad might be even on the cards for him? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Um, I think that's may. I mean, I guess you know about the Hardenved link more than us. I just found that very surprising. Um, I thought that, I mean, he's been injured for a while, and I thought, uh, yeah, you can maybe see it if he's if he's trying to um, come back, like um, if, if he's maybe not feeling himself and he and he wants to um go to another club a bit lower down play for them for a season and then and then work his way back up but what i saw from him in the in the spring season i was really impressed um 
and uh, as as impressed as I was when he first came to the league, because um, I thought he was quality in that first season um, when he was at uh, at Frodi, um, aside aside Blazic, um, before all these injuries, which have basically um, kind of crippled his his past his past year and a half, I guess. He's been like he's he's, well, I mean, he's barely played this season. And the season before, he was like injured a lot, um, but uh, but he looked he he looked really good. Um, I mean, it's easy to look good in a team like French Forest when you're a defender um, because you don't have to defend a lot and you've got a lot of the ball. And he's really good on the ball. He's quite silky. Um, to be honest, he's actually better than Blazic, who, who I think is the best defender in the league um, on the ball. And I thought them two are a really good partnership. So I I think. I assume that the reason why he's leaving Froddy is to go to to a team abroad. Um, obviously, he came from abroad. He, he's played in Turkey. He's played. He was at Herenveen from a young um, as a young lad and and played a lot in the Eredivisie. Um, so I don't know. He may he may just want to kind of spread his wings a little bit. Um, I I'd I, I'd even though the rumours are there and. Um, and everything, I'd still be really surprised if he went to another Hungarian team. I, I just think he's too good for that, to be honest. And I'm sure he's got aspirations to play abroad. He almost, well, I mean, we all know about his history of choosing Nigeria instead of Hungary and then obviously not getting the Nigeria cap. But he was well in uh, with a shout of playing for Nigeria at one point. He, I think even at the, um, one of the, I think in the 2014 World Cup, he was an outside chance to get in the, to the Nigeria team that's how much talent this lad has and we've not really seen the best of him in Hungary because of because of all the injuries um, so yeah it's going to be an interesting one to watch and I wouldn't be surprised if, if he went abroad and um, did really well and was back in that Hungarian national team um, later in this season maybe mm. and Chris um, staying with Fradi uh, another one of the best kept secrets was Adam Bogdan um, joining the club, which means in Dibus, Groff and, and Bogdan, they've got three goalkeepers there that could be the number ones at, at any of the football clubs in the Hungarian First Division. Um, the board have said Dibus is going nowhere. Um, where does that leave Groff? Well, I think we talked about this earlier in the season. I think Groff has been on his way out probably since October. Um you know, uh, it, I think it was it was probably a bad idea from the beginning, and that was confirmed probably midway through the fall season, where he didn't really impress. I mean, he played well, but he didn't impress, and I don't think there was really going to be any way that Dibus was going to lose that first um, first team or you know first choice keeper um, tag, um, which it didn't play out really well for Groff. Um, I think Bogdan comes in um, probably as Groff's replacement, and Groff's going to be looking for uh, another club. Uh, I would say probably in Hungary. Um, and uh, you know, from what I've seen of, of Bogdan, I mean, just just going on YouTube and, and looking at his saves um, collection, uh, it's pretty impressive. I mean, I know he's had, he's had a really good run up in Scotland, and so him coming in, my fear is that I think you know, especially with Rebrov there. 
that Dibius is is going to be um, you're going to really 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 have to impress and and outdo Dibius. And I'm not sure if that's where Bogdan is at the moment. Um, again, I haven't seen enough to know, uh, but my guess is that um, uh, that it's it, it, you're you're probably going to have a similar situation going into next season. Um, you know, and uh, uh, you know unless there's an injury or something like that. I just I kind of I kind of feel like that's it. And for for Gruff, I'm hoping that um, you know maybe he goes back to Hanved, um, you know. But you've got a you've got a couple of keepers over there that that haven't been really struggling, you know. Um, so we'll see where he lands. Uh, maybe Pox, who knows? <laughs> it's just strange for a club to spend money. That okay, Bogdan's arrived on a free, hasn't cost any money in a transfer yet. Um, you know, wages-wise, I, I I I would expect him to probably be offered more money than Groff. Why why they've signed someone to literally be a backup to a goalkeeper where there's already a backup that's that's more than good enough? It just doesn't make sense. This is the more money than sense kind of Friday that we're seeing here. Maybe they're just trying to prove to everybody that they have more money than God and they can spend on whatever the heck they want to spend on. And, you know, they've already made the mistake once. Why not do it a second time? And look what it cost them. It gave them the, the title, right? So, um, you know, <laughs> uh, who's to say that they have to make the right decision every time? You know, you want depth. You want to go into the season, especially if you're going to be going playing in Europe. You have aspirations. And I do think that's probably why they, they picked up Groff is because they wanted to make sure they had depth at that position. Um, you know, if something does happen, um, you know, you, you want to have a capable backup and, and if money is no object, not to say that it, you know, uh, that, 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 that they can't or shouldn't be thrifty, but, uh, that's a, that's an important position, especially playing in European competition. You don't want to have a second string guy in there. I mean, a real, like a you know, 19, 20 year old walking into a situation like that. Do we definitely think that Bogdan's going there a second choice? Cause I mean, my opinion that Bogdan is a much better goalkeeper than Debush ever, ever would be. Like, I mean, I know we all like laugh about his move to Liverpool and all that kind of thing, but like he was, he had a real shot at actually becoming their first team keeper at one point. And for about three games, he actually was their first choice. And then he obviously made like two horrendous errors and lost it. And then Klopp came in, hated him, all that kind of jazz. But, he won player of the season when he was at Bolton in the Premier League. Like this, and Hibs fans, Hibs fans rave about him. And this is like last season. They were good to see him go. I think. Surely the Dibbus rumour. It seems so uh-huh. weird. I, 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 w- I don't know why he would sign to become second choice. It, like, it doesn't make sense to me. Mm, I mean, uh, you know, as much as the club have said Dibbus isn't going anywhere. What, what do we know about the player, Aaron? The fact that he's um, he, he's at the top club in Hungary, um, he's winning everything, uh, he's got to play in Europe. Do you not think maybe he might want a new challenge? He might actually be actively wanting to go to another country and play football. Uh, Antwerp is the club in Belgium that's been sort of linked the most to him. Have you heard anything more your end, Aaron? Uh, honestly, I don't know much about this particular business, but Rebrov has made comments about how he wants, um, basically he wants every position to, to, um, compete for, for places in the team. 
And perhaps he feels like Grove wasn't competition enough for Dibus. And Bogdan is uh, clearly, as Tom elaborated on it, a, a really good uh, goalkeeper, a lot of experience, a lot of international experience, um, a great pick. And I, I don't want to accuse anyone of anything, but also we can't entirely forget about the aspect of uh, Bogdan became a free agent. And if Fradi gets him, then none of the other teams gets him. So if, for example, if Fehervar were to pick Bogdan up, now they cannot. So it's kind of a, we get him so others cannot situation as well, in my opinion. But again, this is just one aspect. I don't want to, I don't want to claim that that is the only reason and they just cock block them or whatever. Um, it's an aspect that you can keep in mind. Maybe growth will be just loaned back to Homeville. We've seen this kind of business with Lanza Farmer. So um, I don't know. I feel like growth was definitely a second choice goalkeeper. And I feel like it, it's kind of like in Formula One. You have, you can have a, a, a main driver and another guy who assists him. Or you can have two equals. And I feel like Bogdan and Debus will be the, the two equal kind of situation there. Yeah, it'd be interesting, um, you know, how they keep keep the guys happy. It's it's one of those, like, positions where it's going to be hard to impress in training to show yourself as a number one, because obviously it's so much different as a goalkeeper um, than in a match situation. But... You know, like you say, Friday have history of uh, taking players so that no one else can can get hold of them, and a few now are starting to resurrect their their careers elsewhere in Hungary that that have left Friday. So, yeah, Bayern Munich approach, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is that. It's 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 crazy, really. Um, guys, we gave you some homework to do, which is very rare for us because we always do these shows off the cuff. Um. Hungarian teams of the year have been announced by uh, various different media uh, outlets and the MLS said themselves. Um, but we thought what we'd do is ask, um, you know, you, you guys who are watching the football week in, week out, um, to give us your team of the uh, of the season. Um, it'd be interesting to see how many we have the same and, and how many different, because obviously football is so subjective the way, we, the way we look at it. So... Chris, um, we're going to start with you. I, I think we all know where this goalkeeper position's going, but um, kick us off with that, please. All right. Yeah. So um, I know it's probably unfancied, and I, uh, but uh, for for most of the the season, I've been beating the drum of Peter Sapinosh, and uh, I just I just feel like because of the um, the team that he's on, he's a young-ish goalkeeper that had to really step in and um bring his game to another level and he and he did that you know and and getting a team like Mezhik Havej to um perform as well as they did um not to say they they have poor defenders in front of them but they don't have um players like um you know Blazic and um uh Lovrenchic and um and Civic and stuff like that so you know you you you've got to you've got to go with what you got and i think uh, Sapinosh has done done a great job, especially this season. So um, may, maybe not the best, but I do think that he would be on my 
on my first 11. Excellent stuff. And uh, Tom, who did you go for? <laughs> I went for the same guy. Did you? Uh, yeah, okay. I was, I was going to go for Demian. Um, but uh, to be fair, like I thought he was like a little bit dodgy in the early stages of the season. Um, I think he's done very well since since lockdown, and I think he's a very talented keeper. Um, but yeah, I think Sapanos has just been just been quality. Um, I mean, the two the two guys at the, the top of the table, obviously very good as well, like Debush and Kovacic. But I don't think they've been so good that um, that they well that kind of the guys like Saponos and Demian who've probably had more saves to make this season um, have a, a way behind. And I think, yeah, give it to the guys who, um, who've maybe overperformed rather than you kind of expect the same, the level of what Kovacic and um, Ibush have performed this season, I think. So, yeah, Saponos as well for me. Excellent. And um, Aaron, if you don't go Banai, then uh, I've lost all my money. Uh, I did go with Saponosh too. I'm sorry for disappointment. <laughs> um, I think what what he achieved is uh, clearly remarkable. I mean, who would have thought at any point of any year that three separately, three of us who watch uh, Hungarian football would go for him for for the goalkeeper of Mezőkövesd as the goalkeeper of of the season. I think it speaks for itself. They, they really. I let me let me check check this real quick. I think it's um, the the third least amount of goal conceded, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just just two off from Fehervar, and I think um, Sapanos had a massive, massive impact on that. I don't remember a particular poor game from him he was really really consistent uh, I did check nine clean sheets so that's that's pretty decent I think that's the fourth best in the league um, one interesting thing to, to to think about is that uh, I I know a guy who writes a lot about football and he did a report on the overall season uh, and he did tell me he, he looks into a lot of um, numbers like expected goals, expected assists, and stuff like that. And um, Debus apparently has a crazy good uh, like expected goals ratio. Like He saves 0.27, I believe, of goals that should be a goal. Mm-hmm. A, a shot that should be a goal. Um, and to put it in perspective, um, Gulachi in Leipzig has a, a 0.3, so he's not too far from that. Obviously, Gulachi has a lot more to do in Bundesliga than Dibus in the Hungarian first division, but it's something to to think about. I mm. I thought about bringing it up that we we tend to go like, oh yeah, Dibus is good, but he didn't have a lot to do. But in the same time, when he does have something to do he he does a proper job at it uh and the numbers do show it mm. um i just i just thought about bringing it up but i did write sapanos as well because i really really like him 
that's a good stat. I like I like um, I like that stat a lot, and it's it's true that absolutely when when you are um, a, a team that is dominating, leading, you you still got to have a keeper that's that's there, albeit whether it's the one chance in a game or whatever. And Dibber certainly has done that. Um, guys, I'm presuming that we all went four across the back. Yes. Yep. I um I thought that was the best way to get yeah. the least defenders in there. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, who did you go for at right back position? Hmm. Uh, well, I went with um, Lovrenchic because of a couple things. One, um, I, I feel like he's pretty solid up and down, um, at least in this league. Um. You know he's, he still adds to the attack, but he's also fairly uh, fairly good um, on defense, and is just an all around, just a hard nosed player. At least from from you know from what I can see in it in in, the, in this league. Um, are there better players on either end? Yes. Uh, is he playing for the the top team in the country? Yes. But uh, I still think just in terms of quality for me that um, he's right up there. Excellent. And and Tom, how about yourself? I went for Ben de Baller at ZTE. Um, I, I think I think Lovrencic is definitely up there, but I, I tried to try not to put every froddy player in the team because <laughs> I, I could easily have done that. Um, I, I think Ben de Baller has been really good. Um, he's very young as well, which makes me quite excited about him. Um, he reminds me a little bit of of Fiola um when when he was a little bit younger um like very tidy um technically decent like um he's kind of like a no frills right back but almost like a Gary Neville right back what you see is what you get like pretty 7 out of 10 most weeks um he's not spectacular um but I like what I've seen from him this season and I think he's just been one of one of those really good um, ZTE players who's um, and they've had a lot of them this season. I think, yeah, that's that's who I've gone for right back. Good stuff. And Aaron, how about yourself? Uh, I tried to consider three player uh, at each position, and I I did write down Bola and then Lovrencic, and then I had to think about who to put down there as third. Um, and I went with Loic Nego, who I rate highly. Uh, but to be honest, I feel like he he does better when he's playing a little bit further up. Mm. Um, so I went with Bola too. I, I think Lovrencic is a really passionate kind of player. And he does have a lot of impact on the field. But I just really enjoyed watching Bola, especially at the second half of the season. I think he grew a lot throughout the the season, and his his game play just became really polished. I would say, um, I think he was really really good. I I really rated his performances, and um, I feel like he got um, the um, young player of the season or whatever to to translate it. And I I feel like that was a solid pick. I've seen a. Um, couple of scouts doing these Twitter threads of unknown European talents and a couple of I, I've seen Bola a couple of in, in a couple of those. 
like with numbers. So he he's he's definitely doing something right if you get this kind of a an attention even from people who are just browsing through youth mm. talent. So I I think it was rock solid. I think it's it's so indicative of how dull Vidya ton have been all season that Nigo I mean the Nigo that we went to to watch at Chelsea he was unbelievable that night he absolutely ripped them to pieces um but but clearly they haven't they haven't harnessed that to to their advantage in in video time and, and the fact that he's not been been pushing up all this time has has um made him a bang average player this last season in in my opinion but um <clears throat> chris moving over to the left back position who did you go for well, I had to sell out again. I think Eldart uh, Chivik is also, um, you know, just when it comes down to pure quality, I feel like um, he's always going to be a player that is going to be solid, and he has been really all season long. Um, you know, he played in uh, 25 of 33 matches. Um, uh, you know, he, he plays pretty well on the ball. Um, again, though, playing with the team that he plays on gives him a chance to have a lot more room uh, to be able to be a little freer on the ball. But um, I don't know. I, I think uh, there are other players that are out there that are um, maybe as good or just less than him. But uh, for me, I think he's top left back. Good shout. Um, Tom, how about yourself? Yeah, I've gone for the same. Um, mightily impressed with him. To be honest, probably didn't even need him because I think Marcel Heister's class as well. He's probably the second best left back in the league behind um, Civic. Um, he's getting Heister ended up playing a bit further forward just just to get in the team this season. Um, yeah, I think I think he's, he's just he's just a quality left back. I, I think Thomas Christian's also done. Uh, sorry, Christian Thomas has also done really well. Um, this season, someone who I really liked when he was coming up and thought was going to be going to really big things. Um, I think, yeah, he's, he's a, um, probably my second choice, but um, I think it's got to be Civic. I just think he's, I think he's quality. The stats certainly back that up as well. Um, how about you, Aaron? Who did you who did you go for? Full House. Well, he he is on my list, but I actually did go with Tamash from uh, ZTE. I think he was he was really good. Sort of, we always had great expectations from him, and he just looked like he's gonna struggle here and then there and then everywhere. And somehow, the last season he he maybe matured. I don't. I can't really reason why. I just feel like his game got developed so much more, and he was really really good in the last couple of rounds. I, I was thinking about maybe I'm leaning towards ZTA players because they I enjoyed their games the most in, in this very hasty, um, action-packed end of the season. But I honestly feel like he's really good. I was also considering, and I cannot believe I'm actually saying that, that I was considering Eric Shea from Mezukert as well. Uh, but he just... He just didn't play enough, to be frank. Um, the first half of the season, he was sometimes playing, sometimes he wasn't. The second half of the season, he played a lot. Um, and he's actually a surprisingly good passer. I've looked into... Well, obviously, I can go throughout all the games 
of all the players uh, because I hate homework as it is. So there was no chance to do that. I apologize. But, no, 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 it's it's good. It's all good. Um, he, I wouldn't say averages, but in in a consistent level, he can produce like eighty percent of um, successful passes in a match. And uh, I, I think he was really. He also does a lot of passes, so I, I feel like he adds a lot to the attacks. But as I mentioned, he just didn't play uh, enough to be considered. So I, I went with Tomas, but I can settle with Chivic as well. Excellent. Um, Chris, who are your two centre-halves pairing, please? Uh, this is this was one of my favorite ones. Obviously, uh, Miha Blazik is one. Um, as Tom said earlier in the podcast, I think he's maybe not far and away, but I think he's clearly one of the top two for sure in the league. Um, don't need to go much into that, but um, um, I, I really like uh, Pushkas's Bulgarian center back, Kamen Hajiev. I've mentioned that quite a bit over the season. A uh, couple of things I look at when it comes to defenders is um, uh, because being a goalkeeper myself, and I know Tom was too, um, I love watching uh, players come back and 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 recover, you know win the ball back. Um, he led the league in that. Um, he's also second in interceptions, uh, which I think just shows that he's just got a really good view. Um, he can, um, uh, he can see ahead of the play and, um, and, and it was just obvious watching him throughout the season. And I, again, I, I feel really bad saying this, but you know, there were, there were times where I would just turn on the push game just to watch him. <laughs> and I know how much we all hate push but, um, he, uh, he's just a player that I've really admired over the last year or so. And, um, I just was really impressed by him as well. I'll, I'll throw out another name too, just cause I, I can, um, cause it's, it's my turn. Um, I, I, I really did like Vislar Mushli also, uh, for Vidi. I think he was also really good and, and, um, uh, was a player that really surprised me this year. Really good shouts, Chris. I, I like that a lot. Um, Tom, who did you go for as your pairing? Uh, Blazic, obviously. Um, and this one, I, I really struggled, to be honest. Um, and then I ended up going for Robert PR at Mesa College because I looked at the stats and I thought... Um, I thought I just had to go for a Mesa College player. Um like Aaron said, they're the second best defence in the league. Um, and I think, obviously, Saponos was, was class all season, but I, th- I thought that their defence also was very good, as Aaron mentioned. Um, at left-back, um, Sheila could have easily got in that um, team as well. But, yeah, I think, I think PR has been, like, Decent. I just I, I don't think there's been too many standout centre halves to be fair um, this season. Um, like Botka was has played a lot at centre half and has been pretty good to be fair. Um, but no one at particularly at Vidi's impressed me that much. And there's been a lot of like leaky defences, whereas Mezakovic they haven't been that leaky. Um, and yeah, I think. I don't think he's spectacular by any means, but I think he's solid enough and he's had a solid season. So I'm all for giving players 
Um, we've had solid seasons, a bit of a uh, a chance, I guess. I mean, I, I mean, I think there's probably other defenders in there, like like Botka. To be fair, he's probably been better, but you you again, like I say, with the goalkeepers, you kind of expect them to be better. Uh, whereas I, I think someone like PR and Mezakovic in general have, have overachieved this season, and that's why I've gone for him. I love it. I like that a lot. Um, how about you, Aaron? Who did you get as your uh, your back two? Well, I did struggle a lot with this too, and I was actually thinking a, a bit like, why is it so difficult to choose two central defenders? And then I realized that's like the position where it's so hard to to make yourself shown. Because if you do something stupid, if you make a mistake, then everybody is going to laugh at you. And obviously, we're not talking about people here in the team of the season uh, where, where he won that. Or if you did your job, then nothing spectacular. So I guess it's it makes sense to not have many memorable people there. Um, I would like to point out that I had this five minutes of blackout where I, I read the in-start index team of the season um, next to Blažić, the other player was Kravchenko from Kishvarda and I had like five minutes of thinking who the, who the hell is Kravchenko? <laughs> who is that? I don't remember him at all and I think it says it all and I was actually like going insane like show me a picture or something and <laughs> uh, uh, I'm so sorry if he's listening to. I guess he did an alright job if if he got there and if I don't remember his him doing any mistakes. Um, I actually went with combat from Homebed because he's just so much fun to to watch. Uh, he's full of passion. Um, uh, his uh, his Hungarian Cup final was insane. I don't know. I just really rate him. I really rated him years and years ago. Um, when he was playing on in uh, the midfield more, and I figured I might as well just uh, have a freebie and just go just go with my guts and mm-hmm. take one for for the team and put Cumber in. And most minutes played for Hornvay this season as well. Yeah, he's he's just so important there right now. He he loves the team. He knows the league in and out. Um, he's he's a force in in defense right now, and I don't know. I just I just really enjoy watching him. So I thought this is this is my little homage to him, I guess. I think that's a really good point about the center halves. I mean, that's how I felt, literally I felt as well. It's them. If if they make a mistake, then you remember them, but you don't remember like Maldini's tackles or. Or Yap Stam's amazing defensive work because they just kind of got on with it and were just solid, weren't they? Mm. Uh, yeah, it's really, it was really hard for us for me yeah, to pick that centre half. It's difficult, yeah. So into the midfield, um, Chris, did you go with um, four or a three? How, how did yours um, pan out? Well, I um, wasn't quite sure, so I, I have. Um... <laughs> I have five midfielders and two forwards. Can I still do that? You can do whatever you want. <laughs> Your podcast. Um, 
Okay, I, I just kind of crammed a bunch of people in here because I, I just thought of players that um, um, really impressed me this season. Um, I'll start with, um, uh, we're just doing central midfielders right now? Chris, we can take your whole midfield, no problem at all. We, we can we can go right. that way. Let's do it. So it'll be kind of a mixture of attacking wingers and, and central midfielders, okay? Um, I'll start right in the middle. Um, I, I like SIL from uh Ferenc Virus only because um he is I remember when he came in we were all kind of like what what what's going on how did a how did we get him in, in this league and and all this kind of stuff and is he really going to be that kind of person he's gonna be a flop and um uh, really became a leader on that team um and uh I think just has a cool head about him in, in a lot of ways um just a calm presence he can uh play the ball silky smooth passes um just Quality and class through and through. So I really like him. Um, Thomas Cherry is another player, obviously, who uh, more of attacking role um, for Mezhikovic, uh, which they needed. Um, he's got bite. He plays low to the ground. You know, that low center of gravity. He he can really you know get in there and um, and, and play physically, but also um, has a lot of quality uh, with the ball at his feet. So I really like him as well. Um, and he could produce. There's no doubt about that. Um, Joseph Nezovich also, uh, was a player for me uh, out of a team that you wouldn't really think. Um, but, um, he provides assists, he scores goals and he's been doing it consistently for years and years. And, um, so again, maybe not a fancied one, but he's someone that always seems to pop out to me as a player, um, that I would love to have in my midfield. Um, and then I threw in, um, uh, Petriak, I think, you know, as, as an attacking player, uh, maybe more on the left side that, uh, uh, or on the wing at least, on uh, maybe really on either side, um, is, is a player that I would I would love to see just kind of roaming up and down and, and causing havoc, uh, which he did. Um, and then uh, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw Zub, Zubkov in there also because I know we can we can put him up top, but uh, I'm gonna throw him out as a as a right winger because um, dangerous quality scored a lot of goals and can score goals. Um, and so there you go. I've just completely, you know, vomited out every player that uh, I would I would fit somewhere in my midfield if I could. I like I like it, Chris. That you your your blurting out is just it's music to our ears. So don't sure. call it blurting. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, um, let's hear your midfield. Um, yeah, interesting to see who you come up with. Yeah, I've gone for like a four two three one. I guess so. I'll go for like the two sitters and then the three out of them um i've gone for sherry as well um to be one of my sitters which kind of is um probably not great for balance but he has played a little bit deeper at times um maybe to mezakovic uh mezakovic as detriment this season um especially towards the end when he was he was playing a bit too deep almost like um well, you don't really want his quality that so far away from the from the goal at times. Um, but he's got everything, like Chris said, he's got a bit of bite to him as well. And I think arguably he's been player of the season, to be honest. It, ever ever since he um, he came up to MB1, we've kind of been raving about him. And he's just got better and better. And it's just a shame he's, he's the wrong side of 30 because um, he, he, he's, he's got loads of talent I, I've really loved watching him this season um, uh, beside him I've put Gosdog um, scored obviously two 
quality goals. Um, he's just a, a quality, a quality footballer. Um, you don't really see Hungarian players quite have his intelligence and um, and ability all that often. And uh, I think um, I'm I'm really interested to see where he goes next season. I hope he goes abroad because I think he's good enough to. Um, and then I've gone for three froddy players. <laughs> this is why I didn't want to put many froddy players at the back. Um, cause I've, I just can't, I don't, I don't think you can leave any of these three out. Like Ishail, Zubkov, Tokmak. They're, they're all just, in my opinion, just by far the best three attacking players in the league. I think they're just class. Um, I've loved watching them all season. Um, and I think they can do loads of damage in, in European football if they're all firing. I mean, Zubkov at times just looks like he's moseying about. But that lad has so much talent. Um, I think it shows how good the Ukrainian league is and how good Shakhtar Donetsk are that they've let him go. Because, um, my God, how good is he? And also, how young he is as well. Um, like, I think he's 22, 23. Scary. He won't be in Hungary for too much longer. Ishail, class, arguably one of the best players of the season as well. Um, as Chris said, we didn't quite know what we'd get from him, but we've got obviously like loads of quality. He looks really hungry. He, he's got a great attitude um, in quality. Same with Top Mac as well. Um, I think Top Mac's probably arguably been, been the best player of the since lockdown. Um, just uh, to be honest, he he looks better than like what Pantsil was like at Froddy, and Pantsil was amazing. Um, obviously, uh, Top Mac's a, a few years older. Um, his, his end product isn't always there, but the way that he beats players is just scary. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see if he can. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if all three of them can perform in Europe next season. I think they've all got the quality to. I think they're all good enough to play in a different league. Um, but yeah, I hope they I hope they can perform because that is a scary front. Um, the scary three. It is as I'm looking at it written down here. I just think. These players could play easily in higher leagues than Hungary. It's it's crazy that, that there are, albeit Friday's a huge club, but it's it's just crazy that they're all there. It's testament to Rebrov as well, and and obviously, uh, let's hope these guys stick about because you know, you know the the league certainly needs them. Yeah, because then you've got like Roland Varga on the bench, and, yeah. and you've got and you've got Bolly ahead of them, who's yeah. who's quality, scary, yeah. really scary attacking. <laughs> Aaron, now Tom got a bonus point there for picking a Honved player. You've already picked Cambe. You can go ahead in the race now if you pick Zad Gazdag in your midfield. Well, you you'll be pleased to know that Gazdag was one of my picks as well. <laughs> I I went with a four-two-three-one uh, system as well. I was thinking a lot because the midfield is also that kind of area where. Um, an attacking role where you can create stuff is more um, shown and more appealing to fans than uh, the hardworking sort of bowling kind of midfielder. So I was, I was really uh, thinking about like both Hartin and and Shigir. I think they did a fantastic job, really calm and composed uh, from both of them. Anytime they were playing. Um, but I just, 
what what Gusdok can bring to Homeway is I I find it some something special. Uh, I did look into it, and out of his five goals, four was actually a match-winning goal, uh, and it shows like how important he is mm. when you need something to happen. Then bang, Gusdok makes it happen. I really really like it. Uh, like that in him. I think he's a really important player for for Homevade. Uh, I like watching him. He he creates moments that you like to remember, and I, I really admire that in in a player, especially in our league where we need to cherish these kind of situations. Um, I really really like Uri from Fehervar. I think he's a really really uh, technical player. It's just so difficult to get the ball off from him and i i don't know i kind of like this idea of having these technical players sitting in the middle and just pumping the ball in front of them too i went with tokmak on the left and zubkov on the right and um, chatty in the middle so that was my idea of uh, i was thinking how the hell will i put everyone in this system that I want. And while Israel is really, really good, I I don't know, it's it's more my perspective, I guess. But I I feel like these three did more in in the league this year. Um, so I went with them. I really like uh, Knezevich. I think he did a fantastic job. Um, for a while, Jurcho was actually really good too. Uh, like his numbers are really good still on on the left wing. Just to throw it in, I have no earthly idea why uh, Pushkash Academy didn't want to keep him because he did an excellent job. Seven goals, nine assists, eight goals in the cup. So I don't know. I I don't I don't see the reason behind that. But I think it was really good. I just wanted to throw his name in too. Um, the right wing is either Izal or Zubkov. There's like no competition there. Kremers did score a lot of goals, but I mean, come on, have you seen Pops this year? I'm I'm not gonna go with it. I'm not gonna go with Kremers who just sometimes saves them. Uh, he did score a lot of goals, that's for sure. But uh, I feel like there were better performances all over the season, and it's kind of the same with Shimon who. Was good for Uipest. Uh, this this kind of when the house started to burn, he had some water for it. But that's about <laughs> it. Um, that's the analogy of their season, I think I've ever had. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I I think I think it's hard not to go with a with a bunch of these talented attackers that we we mentioned, and most of them just came from Friday this year. Hence why they beat the entire damn league for fun. Um, but th- yeah, that's that's my 4-2-3-1 formation. Excellent. Chris, who's going to carry the burden of scoring goals for your for your team of the season? Well, first of all, Gabby, thanks for letting me go first every time because I feel like I'm, you know, paving the way with either my brilliance or my stupidity. I'm not quite sure. Um, <laughs> mainly my stupidity but also um i'm also been allowed to cheat and i'm going to cheat again because i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to pick two um first of all i i i did have tuck in there i cheated i put him as a forward because if uh 
if I was playing, I would I would want him up top too. Uh, I know he's got a lot of speed, but I've got a I've got a. There's no way you can keep him out of uh, this team. And if I had to choose him over Patriac, I would have cho- chosen him. But it's my team, and I'm gonna have 12 players instead of 11. So there we go. Um, so talk Mac, obviously, and then <laughs> you know, the, I know, and the, there, there's a lot of other players. And I think if you go over years and years and years, you might never pick this person. But Andres Rado this season. For me, you can't not choose him. Um, if we're talking about the team of the season this season, I think this is a player that probably played out of his depth beyond his ability with a little bit of fire in his belly, and and um, he led the league in scoring. Playing for a team like Zalar Egeshag is a pretty good shout. <laughs> I mean, uh, if we're talking about performance... Uh, maybe over talent. I think th- that's why I chose him. I think he had the heart, he had the fire, and improved it this season. And I think he would he would be the guy I'd want to hand the ball to. Excellent shout! A really really good shout, Chris. And uh, so American of you as well to bend the rules. Have you not made Friday well champions yet as well? <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying about Americans? Oh, nothing. Nothing. You've had your holiday. It's all back to normal now. (laughs) Um, Tom, who did you go for in attack? Yeah, obviously it has to be Rodo. Um, Former Holly. Um, I couldn't not go for him. Obviously led the the scoring charts. I disagree with Chris when he says that I I think he performed above his level. I, I don't think he did. I think... This is the level that I kind of expected he would be at on a consistent basis a few years ago. And wrong moves to Prodi and, and to Pushkash have, um, have have meant that he's performed poorly, I guess, um, for, for a few years. I mean, we saw how amazing he was at Holly um, when he was first coming through and all the goals he was scoring. And this season has been like, probably his best since he since he left maybe seven years ago or so um he's got amazing ability passing like his technical abilities class he's always been a great finisher um and to have kind of to carry the um captain's armband which he has has done a lot this season um which he did when he was at holly as well and to kind of be given that um uh to be put on that pedestal and to have that um, love around him, I guess, has made him back to back to where I always thought he, he should be, and it's, I hope he hope he kicks on again next season. Uh, ZT have lost a lot of um, a lot of players, so they might not be um, in a great position. Um, presuming he does stay at ZTE, um, so he might have his work cut out. But um, yeah, I've I've really loved loved seeing him. Um, play like this and I think he's just got to be in the uh, in the first team for me um Bolly obviously is great but he, it's quite weird when I look at his stats and he didn't score that many goals so um yeah definitely rather it'd be interesting to see whether he uh follows his manager to uh to, to video time that's some um, one to look out for he's lost his strike partner in Bobao who's um Return to Honved, his parent club. So, yeah, we'll watch that one definitely with interest. Um, Aaron, who did you go for up front? 
well, finally, I can I can be the antagonist of this podcast because I did not even think about getting Rado in. Uh, I don't think he is bad. I'm I'm not a, a big fan of his. Um, he's he's a rather emotional player for all the wrong reasons. I feel like when everything goes his way, he's happy. He's going around having fun. When when he has anything to worry about, he's making bad decisions. I vividly remember a game against Homvade where he he could have assisted like five goals, but at that point he was going for the top scorer spot and he just wanted to score and I could see his teammates being very, very angry with him because it was 1-0 uh, at that point. Um, and they really wanted to. Uh, that was the game when um, it was they they had enough points to stay in the league for good math- mathematically. Mm-hmm. So it was an important game, and I don't know it, his his selfishness uh, didn't help them at all. That's of course just one game, but I don't know. I'm I'm not a big fan of his, and also he he scored six penalties. So it's obviously he is the top scorer. There is no doubt about it. I just feel like there were other strikers who were more influential in their own teams. I went with uh, Boli at the end because he. I feel like he is a finisher um, that Fradi needed and they got with Boli. Um, he scored... 10 goals, but six of them was a match-winning goal. Three of them against Wipest. Every every time he was the guy who <laughs> decided the derby. Um, and I I think he has a lot of um, a lot of talent in him. And in a striker in in a team like Brady, you you want a guy who will score when the opportunity arrives. And I feel like he's been doing that. Um, I wrote down Zivzivadze from uh, Mezokovest. I feel like he had a fantastic first half of the season. Um, he wasn't the same after the break, I feel like. Um, but he had a really, really solid solid season. An absolute fighter. Um, just an engine to have up front. He caused a lot of problems. And um, the third person was uh, on, on my list was uh, Vanacek. He scored 11 goals in his first season. I, I felt like he was really strong, strong in the air, good with his feet, uh, at the right time, at the right place. Just not, not much issues with him. Um, and I would like to repeat myself that while I'm not a big fan of Rado, I don't fe- think he's a bad player. I just feel like there were better strikers. I would have argued to to have Lanza Fama in front of him if he were to play. He was to play more games like the second half of the season, because the the attacks with and without him is just absolutely different, whether you have the Italian or not. Um, but he did miss quite a couple, like quite a few games and. Um, he did not score a lot of goals, so I ended up pushing him away from my head. But mm-hmm. 
I feel like I feel like these three were the most dominant strikers this year, at least in my opinion. And interestingly, you know, this is a funny start. This is the first season since two two thousand and sixteen where a Honved player hasn't been uh, the outright top scorer or joint top scorer. Get your head around that if you can. Also, the fact that Honved have uh, scored the fewest goals of all teams for the for the last five seasons as well. How bizarre Hungarian football is, guys. That's the um, that's the team of the season um, from from the the guys' opinions here. Uh, lots of great debate around that. If you want to get involved on Twitter, let us hear your opinions as well, or whether you agree with the guys or think they're playing crazy. Um, must mention. Tell that- me three things about Kravchenko in the comments. <laughs> if you can, please, I beg you. Now that is a challenge, guys, and I know you like the challenge. So let's uh, let's let's get them for Aaron. Um, Chris unfortunately has had to leave us um, for the rest of his show. The rest of the show, um, as always, his input is uh, is fantastic. Um, guys, before we wrap up, um, I just it's just interesting looking at everyone's team of the season. Um, we've got a lot of Hungarian talent in there. Um, we now know that our national team um, will play off against Bulgaria on the 8th of October to decide um, whether we get through to the final to play off for Euro 2021. Um, Before that, we've got two Nation League games, um, which are obviously purely going to be used as warm-up games, Turkey away and um, Russia at home. Now, there's a good chance Rossi could call a lot of players that have been on the fringes or haven't been called up um, before. Um, Tom, who do you see as as a as a really useful addition to to, to the squad that um, we're kind of used to seeing? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I'd like to see God's dog in there. To be fair, um, I think I think he's he's definitely got enough quality to. Um, and and the kind of the football which I guess Hungarians want to see the the passing football, I think he'd be a nice little compliment um, next to to someone like Adam Nodge um, in that centre midfield with um, with Soboslai just above them. I think that's a really exciting three actually, mm. um, three very technical footballers um, and quite a nice balance to it as well. Gosdogs. I guess um, uh, more like your six, um, where and Nodge being your four, and and Soboslai being your eight, and and they all kind of bring something different. And I, I, I think, I think obviously Rossi's play, um, he's played under Rossi before, so that might be part of his thinking. And if Gosdog gets moved, move away to to a, um, a team in I don't know somewhere like Poland or. Or Belgium, or or Holland, or something like that. It could really, he could he could be the first choice, one of the um, first choice players um, come those um, Nations League games. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what what happens to someone like Roland Varga, who who is a um, is a constant in those in those squads. If he's if he's going to be playing much um come next season if i mean su- supposing Freddie keep all their players um who've been so successful this season and maybe add to that where does that kind of leave varga 
Um, so that'll be interesting. Um, there's not, I don't think there's too many other players who kind of stand out for me. Um, I, I mean, I, obviously, I like Sherry a lot, but I don't think he should make the squad. I don't think, I don't think he'd make any impact if he, at international level. He's not kind of that type of player. I think he'd get bullied because he's he's quite slight and he's just of an age where I think it's just too late for him to be honest. I, I know that's kind of sad, but that's kind of the case. Um, where when he has been, oh, he'd be the best player in the league this year. Um, Shige, um has got to be there, of course, as well. He's, he's a class act. Um, but again, it's, it's someone who's getting on a little bit. You kind of want to be looking at these players that are coming through, and there's not too many names who are in there. Obviously, we uh, spoke about um, Boller at right back, but um, I don't think he's ready for national team yet. Um, someone like Demian's not going to be better than the three who are already in there and, and probably arguably Bogdan. Um, Rodo, no, not for me. Um, so, yeah, I think the only one in the league who I'd really like to see in there, um, who's not usually in, who's not usually starting at least, is, is Gosdog. Um, yeah, I mean, we've had Patkai there for a long time and Patkai brings a lot to to your team but I think we need to be moving past him um, and he, he's another one who's ageing Yeah Aaron it's a problem that we do sort of you know have is that our squad is ageing um, obviously we would have been uh, would have finished the, the tournament pretty much by now um, had it not been for the coronavirus outbreak um, next year they're all going to be another year older um, what do you want to see? Uh, uh, what kind of input do you want to see into this squad? Well, I feel like it's it's always a problem for us with the fullbacks, uh, and I would like to see a little bit of uh, experimentation there. I I did put um, Christian Tomas as my team of the season left back. I would be interested in him being a national team player, perhaps. I would like to see Otigba back. I think he was really good at the spring. I wouldn't mind him alongside with Orban. I think that would be an interesting partnership there. Uh, we definitely struggled a lot without Orban. Um, so it, it, would be, it will be awesome to have him back. Um, in that way, it was a bit fortunate to play uh, against Bulgaria later. Because we, we never knew whether he would be up for these very important games. Mm. Um, so in a way, I, I'm, I'm welcoming him back with open arms. Um, I actually didn't think about this a whole lot. <laughs> so it's, a, it's definitely a tough question. I, w- I would say fullbacks. A little bit of experiments with, with new fullbacks would be nice. It's always a diff- difficult area to cover. I mean, Josef Varga did play right back for a couple of years there, for example, and that was just, I mean, it, it was awful in itself, um, but it shows how much we struggle to, to have talent there for whatever reason. So uh, I'm, I agree with Tom. I wouldn't call Abola just yet. I mean, he had one good season, which is really encouraging, but we don't want to 
pressure him into um, problematic situations, which could could hinder his development. Um, other than that, I I don't know. Maybe maybe Bogdan will have moments if if he plays enough for Frodi. I could see that happening. Um, but it's I mean it has to be Gulachi in my opinion uh, if he's if he's uh, available. So I I wouldn't say I I want Bogdan instead of him because I rate Gulachi uh, a lot more. I was thinking about Yurcho, maybe. As I mentioned, he had a really good start of the season or first half of the season, but he's, he's faded a little bit, and I I don't see him playing for Hajduk Split. I don't know how much he will he will play in the near future. Um, I think he's all right, but, I mean, if you ask yourself, who do you want there? Roland Shalai or Jujak or... Yurcho, it's it's never gonna be the, the 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 third option, is it? So I don't know. I also agree. I I wouldn't call up Chetty. He had a great season and he's a he's a great player, but uh, I feel like um, yeah, you can you can get um, players in who who could do a job a, a good as. Let me rephrase that. You you have players uh, who could do the same great job as Cherry would, but you can rely on them on the foreseeable future. Uh, what I want to see is Adam Nagy and Soboslai causing havoc. That's all I want to see. <laughs> I'll be happy <laughs> with that. It's interesting. I mean, it's it's coming up to eight months since. Um... You know, we last we last played an international game. Um, I don't think anyone's slightly interested in this UEFA Nations League at all. It, it's purely going to be, you know, a friendly that has a name to it other than a friendly. Um, Rossi does like to call up a lot of the um, players in MB1 to to the to the squad, and before he cuts it, they're all kind of given a chance in in training. Um, I just wonder at what point do we stop looking at Sholai and Jujak and having to bed players in um, that are going to be the future because we can't keep it's it's patching up terribly and trying to cling on. It's almost like the person that loves nostalgia and and you know still uses a Nokia phone when everyone's got an iPhone. When when do we upgrade our our team and these nation leagues games? Sort of, you know, just seem the ideal time to to let's see what we've got because we don't really know at international le- level um, is the truth of it really. Mm, I mean, Fetcherson was in the last squad, wasn't he? Which mm. is just which is just ridiculous. Like, <laughs> like Fetcherson barely like he, he's. He's 34 or whatever, and he's like obviously a good goal scorer. He always has been, but like, why, why are you calling out someone like that? You might just give a youngster a chance yeah. just just to be in the squad. Like someone like, even though Bolba wasn't really playing that well earlier um, when these games were coming around, but just to be in around the squad, I don't see the point of put, calling someone else up like that. Um, I thought Sabo. Um, did did quite well when um he got called up um 
it was probably last year or the year before. But again, I don't think we should be relying on those kind of players. Um, like your 29s, your, 20, uh, your 30s, if they've not played for Hungary before, unless they're absolutely unbelievable out of nowhere, I, I just don't see the point. I think we just you just got to bed those youngsters in just to get them used to the um, to what it's like around there. Maybe getting talking to some of the more experienced guys, um, and yeah, maybe just inspiring them a little bit. Um, but we we don't have that many. <laughs> youngsters who are that exciting which is the is the worry mm. even in, i think um jote got a got a call up in the in the last squad and obviously i think he's just moved on to honved as well um but i think we'll save this for for another show gents because the national team is a is a is something you could talk about for hours and, and never come up with an answer um Guys, thank you so much for coming on tonight. It's it's been great, and uh, for everyone listening, we'll um, we'll have tweeted before. We wanted to uh, have a look at your team of the season and see how it um, compares with the guys. Um, I think we're probably all in the same ballpark, but always interesting to to hear everyone's opinions. Um, Aaron, thank you very much for coming on. I promise next time we have you on, there'll be no homework. Okay, it'll all be off the cuff. <laughs> I'm fine with homework when when it comes to this podcast. <laughs> That's a very good answer, a very diplomatic answer. This kind of answer from someone that wants to come back on the podcast, I think. <laughs> um, well, thanks Tom, for having me. No, a pleasure, Aaron. It's an absolute pleasure, I promise. And um, Tom, as always, thank you very, very much. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. And uh, to everyone listening, imagine how good this podcast would be if we actually put some work in behind it and didn't just turn up five minutes before the show starts. <laughs> um, there's lots of great interviews on there. Um, in particular, go and listen to the Gabor Kirai one. Really, really interesting um, interview with a Hungarian legend. Um, end of season roundups on there now. Um, and we'll be back very soon with another episode. In the meantime, stay safe and uh, we'll see you soon. Stay safe and uh, keep listening to the podcast. <laughs>